We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Today, we are talking about a hockey comedy that was selected by our wonderful Big Screen Sports Patreon group, who we thank for supporting the show, especially our producer-level patrons as Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D., Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kowalewski, and Chris Mykoski, they have all gone to patreon.com slash bigscreensports to support the show. And if you do that, you get to vote on episode content like this one. You get to pick movies. I have, I am basically letting the inmates run the asylum at this point. They're getting to pick the entire December slate uh, like this first episode. Also, a big shout out to everyone who has subscribed, rated, reviewed. Everyone who has joined us on this show as we've talked sports movies, pretty much every other genre of movie at this point. Ted Lasso, you name it. We're the sports movie podcast that is making uh, talking about pretty much anything a sport now for today's episode. Joining me, returning to the show, the hardest working man in podcasting. It is my buddy, Mike Schubert. Mike, welcome back to Big Screen Sports. Thank you for having me. I always forget that you refer to me as that. It makes me feel like I need to get like a, a starter jacket that has that stitched into the back of it. I think <laughs> you should. It, it, all, it also like uh, sometimes I'll feel like overwhelmed, like, oh, I've got all this stuff to record. I've got this stuff to write. And then I'm like, ah, at least I'm not Mike. So <laughs> I am I'm blessed that my full time job is making podcasts, but I do make a lot. <laughs> you do. You do. And tell the folks what's up with the newest Olympian. What's up with horse? Update yeah. everyone. So if you're a sports head and you want to hear me talk about sports stuff, you should listen to a sports podcast that I co-host called Horse. Me and my buddy Adam Mamawala, he is a stand-up comedian. We talk about basketball every other week, but we only talk about the non-sport aspects of it. So we just talk about the entertainment surrounding the sport. We talk about player drama. We talk about Twitter beefs. In the episode that is coming out, we just recorded earlier today, we talked about how that fan at the Kings game threw up courtside and there were ramifications and then the coach Legendary. got fired the next day. We Legendary. talked about about all stuff. sorts of goofy stuff. We 
have discussed on this most recent episode. We talked about the best and worst Kardashian and basketball player relationships. And I also talked about the time Colin Sexton almost led Alabama to a victory, even though they were playing three on five for 11 minutes and 47 seconds. So if you like sports or you want to get into sports, you want to listen to some nerdy sports stuff, we are a basketball podcast that everyone can enjoy, whether you're a super fan and you're tired of hearing podcasts talk about analytics or if you're new to the sport and you want to understand what does defensive three in the key mean, Horse is there for you. So just search Horse wherever you get your podcasts or go to horsehoops.com. Everyone go check that out. And the newest Olympian for all, yes. for all Percy Jackson yeah. fans. If you like Percy Jackson stuff, you can check out the newest Olympian. If you want to hear me make fun of NPR shows, you can listen to Modern Muckraker. If you want to just see whatever I'm doing, you can go to schub.es. That's my website. And uh, that's got all the stuff that I do. But yeah, I figured I should talk about the sports show on the sports podcast. <laughs> I haven't done that in my 38 guest appearances on big screen sports so there we go mike i i don't know how many times this is but you are you're certainly in the upper echelon of of guests that we've had i i think you're you're either leading the pack or you're right up there tied uh besides honor it's a privilege i love the show i'm always happy to be on the show and i'm happy to hear that producer list grow and grow that's awesome that's that's the plan and and this this movie that we're talking about today we've talked about we've we've done some interesting ones we've done pitch perfect Mm -hmm. we've done Mm -hmm. school of rock uh, we've done Love and Basketball very recently, like a more traditional sports movie. This one, I'm I'm super excited about this one. This one had a lot of hype for me because okay, all yeah. the, since I've started this show, all the hockey folks have said you need to do Mystery Alaska. And when I put up a poll on the Patreon group, I, I said we're going to do a November hockey movie. I get that it's December, schedules change. I said <laughs> we're going to do a November hockey movie because it's been a while since we've done a hockey movie. We've really only done Mighty Ducks, Miracle, and Goon, which is a perfect movie. Everyone go see Goon. I threw up this poll, and Mystery Alaska was on the poll. It won on a landslide. Mystery Alaska is a 1999 hockey comedy. Residents of a small town get overexcited when their hockey team gets chosen to host a televised, televised game against the New York Rangers. This one, this is a this is a hockey comedy, just an obscure hockey comedy that stars Russell Crowe, Burt Reynolds, Hank Azaria. It's directed by Jay Roach, coming off Austin Powers. It only got 38 oh, percent. That's on why Rotten Mike Tomatoes. Myers is in the movie. That's that's why Mike <laughs> Myers is in the movie. Yes, this one. All the hockey folks have said you gotta do Mystery Alaska. All the hockey people, hockey people love this movie. Mike, I believe I was I was a first time watcher. I believe you were a first time watcher. So this is going to be an interesting, interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just off the bat, what were your expectations? going into it and then all-star hall of fame all-star starter bench warmer for you so i am a semi-first time washer because my dad and i have the same approach with this movie i'm home for thanksgiving i told him i was doing this i was like oh i gotta watch this movie tonight and he said oh yeah that's you know we've had that on the background on tv that's the one about the guys that play the rangers right and That's where it started and ended. So both of us, I think we've seen it on TV, maybe when I was very, very young. And all I remembered was the hockey parts of it. I don't know if TV cut out all the other parts because it's incredibly raunchy or just because it's horrible. But anytime they are not playing hockey in this movie, it is awful. It is so unenjoyable. It is painfully unenjoyable. I fell asleep twice and I had to rewind. Like anytime they're not playing hockey, this movie is trash now so this is going to be one of the most interesting episodes of big screen sports because for me 
This is a fucking ulcer. This movie ruled. Oh, I thought this, this movie, movie sucked. Ruled. I was wondering okay. if there was a rating worse than Benchwarmer. <laughs> I was wondering if there was like waived during preseason because I would never turn this movie on again ever unless there was someone where it was like, oh, it's just the the hockey scenes because the hockey itself is awesome. It feels like all the people that they got to play hockey are legit. Even Russell Crowe looks like he knows what he's doing on the skates. Even Mary McCormick looks like she knows what she's doing on the skates. But all the other side plots were uninteresting. This movie is rampant with fat phobia, homophobia, misogyny. It's all in there, the big trifecta. And it's just, it's not funny. And the none of the romantic lines make sense. None of the side plots make sense. I don't know why premature ejaculation. I don't. I don't know why premature ejaculation is a major portion of this film. As is adultery. Those Indeed are like major themes in the movie. None of the characters I find particularly enjoyable or compelling character arcs. But the hockey's freaking awesome. All the hockey's great. Everything else horrible. So the interesting thing is. You're you're not wrong about anything you said. This this one has a lot of warts, has a lot of problems, need to be cleaned up a little bit. That being said, I had a lot of fun watching this. Ah, I love watching the hockey. I love and I, I kind of love what this movie is and stands for in a sense. And not stands for in terms of, you know, some of the stuff again, if this got remade in twenty twenty one, we'd we'd see wholesale changes. It also fumbled any plot point having to do with a woman. That's a problem. Right. But this is a movie that you get like it, it might think it's a bit too se- more serious than it is at, at certain times. And then it's it stinks. It's a lot funnier. It, it kind of it, it's not sure what it really is, but it's it's a movie that gives us Russell Crowe gives us not many sports movies that are just like kind of like throwaway comedies have great actors of our time. Russell Crowe does this, and then he does The Insider, Gladiator, and A Beautiful Mind back-to-back, all of which he is nominated for Best Actor for at the Oscars and with a win. So he's at like he's at the height of his power. And there are moments in this one where it's like he's kind of in a different movie. Like he's like, yes. this is, you know, he's at a different level. Burt Reynolds, an icon. An icon, an incredible silver fox. He's looking so sharp in this one. Burt Reynolds looks majestic. Yeah, he and, looks and, great. And you know why Burt Reynolds did this one? Because if you look at his IMDb, Burt Reynolds was not saying no to anything in yeah. that in that time period. He his IMDb is a disaster. But it also has booby night, uh, uh, boogie nights, and it has this. Um, this one, like we just we don't have top tier at the top of their game actors. And casts like this doing a sports movie, a sports movie comedy anymore. They'll do, they'll take a money ball. They'll take something that's written by Aaron Sorkin or directed by Adam McKay or something like that. But the guy who did Austin Powers doing a hockey comedy and it, this, like this cast, Hank Azaria, the, everyone in this cast, like almost everyone is in another thing that I really like them in or is in yep. something else that's great. Like you see, wow, it's that guy. Wow, it's that guy. Wow, it's that guy. It's not like, loaded top down this isn't the this isn't the Moneyball cast or this isn't you know something like that but this is you've got an all-timer in russell crowe and then you have a ton of great character actors like a a ton of them all doing different things i like it's it's got for me it's got funny moments i love the i love the plot it's like an easily repeatable plot i love the you know one more movies set in alaska now this wasn't actually filmed in alaska it was filmed in canada but more movies set in alaska like this uh insomnia like great great stuff let's let's get more more snow more mountains more ice need it all love that Mm -hmm. stuff 
Um, I'm just here for this movie. Like, it's fun. It's objective. It's it's objectively bad, but I like. I still love the replacements. I still. Oh, you I mean, know, I, do, I, I, I love I, the. <sighs> I love the replacements and I'm sure I haven't seen that in a minute. I'm sure that also has some like not aged well stuff in it, but I, I still, I think the concept of it is very strong. I, I, I think it's like when the beginning was happening, I, the room, I, I liked it in the beginning. And then when they got to the part where they're like, let's flesh out the folks in the town. That's when I was like, this is bad. Cause all these characters are horrible people. And I don't understand like some of the motivations and stuff, but yeah, I think the concept is really cool. I think the plot is compelling. I even think the acting is good. I just think the writing is probably where it's just really bad. There are some scenes of like really bad acting and you can see when when good actors are in the scenes with the random people like when burt reynolds is at dinner with his family he is doing great and everyone else is terrible they are all not doing anything and burt reynolds is like trying to hold his own while he puts on a mount everest worth of potatoes onto his plate yeah scott grimes who plays burt reynolds son is not good in this movie but he Mm -hmm. is awesome in band of brothers like the next year so he's he's incredible in that series so it's It's something that this one I think should have stuck to sports, should have kept it a little more simple. Mm-hmm. We didn't we didn't really need a lot of this stuff fleshed out. It's like major league. No. Like you have the um you know, you have Jake Taylor and and Rene Russo, Rene Russo's character, Lynn. You have that kind of subplot going on, but it let's other than that, let's keep it about the team. And a lot of this again is about the town. We need to see the town caring about it. But I, I don't. I, I don't need weeks and his girlfriend. I don't. You know, mm-hmm. maybe if you want to, let's do the town. Maybe we have a, a crack about the guy is sleeping with the mayor's wife, and maybe that that comes back to harm both of them. But and and we can have we can have John and his wife. We can have John and Donna, and that's a thing. And you know he's struggling with his own. You know the the problem of getting older. Same, really, it's it's Rene Russo and and Tom Berenger's characters in Major League. We could do that. But you know when it comes to the sports, like they they should have they should have rolled with that. But they're still mm-hmm. let's roll into the trivia, and then we're going to get into the the best scenes of this one. But th- this is I'm I'm excited about this. I'm kind of glad that we're we're vibing on different yeah. Different paths is, I think this, this is the one. first time I haven't liked a movie that I've talked about on this podcast. And yeah, like just like you said, I think this movie I w- I would love to see like the minutes they're playing hockey versus the minutes are not. It felt kind of like fifty fifty. This movie should have been seventy five percent hockey. I think and so too. I think you said yeah, you nailed it. You get rid of Weeks and his girlfriend, and you get rid of all the court stuff. And then you just focus on like, give me more of the honestly, like Hank Azaria is great. Mary McCormick is great. Russell Crowe is great. Give me more of that weird love triangle thing. And then actually make Mary McCormick being angry and Russell Crowe being sad make more sense. Because one of the things she's like, you've been a different person since you got cut from the teams. Like he got cut from the team five minutes ago. That's like, that's yeah. <laughs> I got not. I think different. in this one, I think the stuff that works really works. I think the stuff that doesn't work really doesn't work. Exactly. There's too much of the stuff that work. There's too much of the stuff that doesn't work. There's not enough of the stuff that does work. And it feels like, I don't know if it was filming, writing, whatever, but the proportions were all off. Yeah. But I just, I had a lot of fun. I just, I swallowed some, I swallowed some pills and I just said, let's go. Let's do this. So IMDb trivia. This movie is loosely, loosely based on a, the 1905 Stanley Cup game between the Dawson City Nuggets and the Ottawa Senators. I know nothing about that. I would like to look into that. That seems like it, it loosely was is heavy carrying loosely, a lot of yeah, load there. Got to be loosely. This movie was originally filmed to be filmed in Rossland, British Columbia, the future location of Miracle, which is a perfect movie, and was to be known as Face Off, which that would have been would have been ripping oh. off our, our guys. No, Nick no Cage slash and, though, so it's different. No, it would no have had slash. a hyphen instead of a slash. 
Flash. You put Travolta and Nick Cage in this movie, and we're dancing. Let's um, go. <laughs> eventually, they decided to use Canmore, Alberta, and use the name Mystery Alaska. I love the name. That's something that works. I didn't write that down. It is a great, a great title. Name. It's really good. Great, great title. Uh, Mike Myers' character, Donnie Schultzhofer, seems to have the same mannerisms and saying as Canadian hockey commentator, hero, and all-around legend Don Cherry. Mike, are you familiar with Don Cherry? I'm not familiar with Don Cherry, but I am familiar with the ESPN guy, Barry, what's Barry Mel- Melrose. Melrose. Yeah, they Melrose, got him. Who, we, right. get a, we get a Melrose cameo. I had a, a teammate from Vancouver when I was in college, and he introduced us all to Don Cherry and, and what Don okay, Cherry is all okay. about. And anyone who has seen Don Cherry really appreciates that Myers performance. Is Don Cherry from Flim Flom? Because I believe they said that Mike Myers' character is from a place called Flim Flom. <laughs> That I don't know off the top of my head. It's, I don't know. I, I, the service that I used to watch this, I could not turn on the subtitles. You would turn them on and nothing would happen. So I was trying to hear what they said. But I thought they said that whoever Mike Myers was, they said from Flim Flom. And I was like, this speaks volumes to the writing. going uh, to need a, a listener to correct us on that one to, to see if that's the case. The last thing, this game is scheduled for January 16th, which is, quote, 32 days away early in the movie. That would be mid-December, which in Alaska would be dark for all but three to five hours of the day. But most of the movie is shown as taking place during daylight hours, including the scene in the school and the sheriff going to work. So kind of a problem. Uh, this, But again, this movie, the, the thing with the plot, it has to take place then. So, you know, I'm not going to kill it for that. I mean, you know, we've had our Alaska movies where the permanent daytime is a problem, like Insomnia. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had the permanent dark is a problem, like in 30 Days of Night, a movie that is truly scary. I think about it once a month and it gives me a chill. But um, I- I'm not going to kill it. Not going to kill this one for that. I want to get into the best scene, unless you had okay. something on that. Very quickly, I think the thing that is more disturbing about the time in which it happened is not the the time of year, whatever. It's a movie we can suspend disbelief. But the fact that it is supposed to be only 30 days away, no way. If this was happening in the NHL, they planned it like the Field of Dreams games were planned years in advance. Like it was two years before the original one that got canceled for COVID where they said the Yankees are doing this. Uh, There's no way you can scramble this together in 30 minutes. And we'll talk about this for what doesn't work. But the whole way they represent the players union uh, Bobby Wagner would be calling in and would be burning the movie to the ground. <laughs> I was going to say our guys tipping pitches. So this is actually, this takes place in an interesting time because the, re- the replacements comes out the same year that maybe the year after something like that. And the, the replacements is also very anti-player and it's coming off the 1994 MLB strike where the notion was there was a lot, it was like everyone's greedy. The, the, you know, these mm-hmm. babied millionaires players are at home doing this thing. And now you know, considering we are staring at a potential potential strike, potential lockout in MLB, that's kind of shifted into a, an eat the rich mentality when it comes to the owners. So mm-hmm. we again, this would this would be way different in 2021. We've got when we get to before more restore at the end of this, I've I've got some ideas. Uh, so Same. best scene, the the first the locker room scene in the game, we get the team camaraderie. Uh, you get Crow right away. Crow looks like a leader, both just in in general as a as character and then it's like oh this is the best this is the best actor in this group this mm-hmm. this guy is this guy is doing it um and it, it gives us this kind of look into what this town is about this sunday game we see them all coming together and the si article comes in the middle of the game to tell us what the situation is it gives us that exposition this is a town saturday game that's a huge huge deal um i i love this as kind of it's it's really our exposition into what this team is about <laughs> 
It is a great exposition dump. As far as exposition dumps go, I think this is probably the most creative use of it that I've seen where you still know what's going on, but they do it in a way that not only fits the narrative, but also introduces a character we meet later, which I thought was interesting. I think the easy way out is you could have done this as like a news broadcast or whatever, but I thought it was cool with having the article and, oh, hey, the article came out, let's read it. I thought that was actually really interesting. No matter what other scene you say, I think this is the best scene in the movie, and it's sad that it's the first thing, but it is the most hockey. I was wondering, is all of this hockey stuff, is it dated? Like, did everybody have to do this in the 90s? Or is this supposed to show that it's a small town? Or is it both? I don't know much about hockey. I went to a bunch of minor league hockey when I lived in New Jersey. Shout out to the Trenton Titans and some games in Houston before they got rid of the Houston Arrows. Minor league hockey is incredible and I love it. And I think hockey live is a top tier sport. I struggle with it on TV because I think the atmosphere is just like essential to it. So I don't, but I never played hockey growing up, so I don't know all the ins and outs. So that initial scene, I was wondering, is this 1999 or rural Alaska or rural Alaska 1999? That's why they have potatoes wrapped in tinfoil in their skates? Or was it rocks? I was confused. (laughs) I I will agree that going to a hockey game is sick. Like RIP to the San Antonio Rampage. They moved them to Vegas, I believe. Mm. Um, yeah, just the, the atmosphere is hockey, but I, I love how the SI article, cause we're not sure. Is this like, is this just beer league? What's, you know, what's the deal? And mm-hmm. the SI article gives us while we're skating, like how, how important this is to the town and how good these guys, how good these guys really are. Um, uh, because we need that too, because we need to, at some point we need to believe that they could compete against the New York Rangers, which is a whole other, a whole other bag to unpack, but we need some sort of insight from the outside world, even though it was written by uh, a local or someone who grew up there, that there is, there is real talent here. And this, this is not just a beer league hockey game. This is something that's serious. And we see, you know, it's, it's an honor to be, everyone wants to be in this game and it's an honor to be Mm -hmm. chosen. It's the, it's the, the best. So I think that that scene is really important. It's, the cast has chemistry, which is important. The team in this one has really good chemistry, which is, which is important. Um, the next one I've got the town meeting after Charlie has showed up. Our guy Hank Azaria showed up saying the Rangers want to come play. Um, you know, actually the the NHL wants the Rangers to uh, to come <laughs> play. It sets a realistic expectation, which I think is important for the plot because if we were just told we're gonna beat the Rangers. Uh, you know, our guys are good enough to beat the Rangers, but it sets the expectation when, when Crow stands up and he's like, you know, we can't, we can't beat them. You know, these are pro players. They're bigger, they're faster. You know, their, their stick skills are incredible, but on our pond, uh, open ice, it's all about skating. It's a different kind of hockey. This is how we can win. That's really important. I think, because if they had just said, you know what, we've got great players here in mystery Alaska, we're going to beat this professional team. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I guess like for the sake of the movie, but it's important that they give us, you know, that there's a there's a path to victory and it's not the, you know, the direct head on head path, but we've we've got a chance here. I think it was good to set the scene. I think the only thing that doesn't make sense with all of this is that it's the Rangers in 1998-1999, which is the Rangers that have Wayne Gretzky on them. And Wayne Gretzky is mentioned in the movie as existing, because in the ESPN thing, they say he's been named player of the month. And then he doesn't show up and no one says anything about it, which is like the least believable thing. Because I was wondering, why would they bring the Rangers? Why don't they just bring a closer team? And then I was remembering, oh, 
Gretzky's on the team. Yeah, he wasn't as good, but he's still on the team, and that's a big deal. And then he never shows up. I was very much expecting him to get off the helicopter because they mentioned, they name drop him in the movie, and then he's not there, and then they don't talk about it. It was part of the IMDb trivia that uh, not many from the team wanted to participate in the uh in the thing again and, and Wayne Gretzky does not have time for this um, no but just a, why have him in the sports center thing where in the, even if this is like fictional alternate reality Alaska why would you put Wayne Gretzky into that and then not deliver he would have been on the Rangers in 1998 1999 that's a fair fair point I mean again it should have been the team in Vancouver I believe exactly. the Canucks were around them but it's a, right so it's but like, it's, it's a movie a sh- so they got a much do shorter the, the name gotta do yeah. gotta do the New York Rangers um there's right. a there's a small big chill moment in that scene though in the in the town meeting where you get Scott Grimes after uh after Burt Reynolds you know captain uh Captain Buzzkill, Buzz Killington, uh, <laughs> so, you know, says the thing about saving our dignity, and he says, "Where's the dignity of not trying?" I'm like, "Yeah, it was good." Yeah. I, I will say that that I had listed all my favorite quotes are the worst quotes, and <laughs> one of mine was, uh, "All we have is our dignity and our illusions." And I was like, "Oh, illusions? Because you live in Mystery Alaska? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Horrible! What does that mean? What does it mean? We have our illusions. What? No, no one does magic. What are they Listen, talking about? <laughs> there's one thing we're not going to do on this podcast, and that's second guess Burt Reynolds, <laughs> our Lord and Savior. His beard Burt is Reynolds. so powerful. His facial hair is impeccable. In this it is. Movie. It is absolutely incredible. So the 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 scene, the courtroom scene, the the one where they find the star player not guilty. I would argue that this is one that they could have scrapped completely. This, uh, this yeah, whole, this whole plot line. Let's not <laughs> yep. have. Let's not have the star player commit aggravated assault and then get mm-hmm. off because this doesn't make us want to root for anyone. And then in the everyone town. go, "Yay, judicial malpractice is cool." <laughs> yeah, that that is is a complete misfire, but it's a great Reynolds scene because yes. he's the only sane person in the town at that point. He talks about embarrassing the courtroom and saying, "You know, we've ignored the judicial process because he's a star hockey player and stuff like that." And that's really important because that is something that is very common that athletes people in power um people of a of you know frankly white people have gotten away with you know eons and eons of misdeeds because of where trials have been held and you know not to get too deep in that because this movie really isn't they're not they're not trying to address that problem but it's a really really good round scene if this yep. was in a different movie and it was like a reckoning for how we treat star athletes like that's yeah, a that's a really good scene. That's a really good for rounds performance. It's just like, mm-hmm. nah, we got away with it. He's, you know, he's going to play. Yeah. I hated that entire scene until Burt Reynolds did his thing at the end. And then I went, Oh, that was the point of the scene. But then I still thought I didn't, I still, like you said, it doesn't make me want to root for the guy who shot a gun. Like, yes, that guy from price world. Also what a name price. World. Yeah. The, that, like, the price world guy was, was a mega dick. Like, like if, was, if anyone deserves a little ricocheted bullet off a wheelbarrow in the, in the foot, like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't super likable. Right, and I just thought it was funny that he raises the astute observation, well, yeah, sure, we were angry, but does that give anyone the right? Because they say, like, did it ricochet off? He's like, yeah, but is it legal to shoot at someone? And I was like, yes, thank you. And then they were like, oh, but you said the town is bad, so now the jury's going to find you not or find our defendant not guilty. It's like, well, just because he mean-talked the town, like, I get he's a dick, but being a dick isn't illegal. It's just frowned upon. <laughs> Yeah, 
I mean, and, and what I thought was coming was, oh, this is a quick fix. This is how John gets back on the team because this guy actually does get like, you know, at least 90 days in jail or something right, like that. Right. And like the town has to come for a reckoning of like, hey, you can't just because you're a good hockey player doesn't mean you can shoot at people. But yeah. And then Brit's guy from that. My Cousin Vinny is a terrible lawyer. And then he goes to the other trial. Shout and out to all- Grit's guy, though. <laughs> it was so great to see him. That's what I'm saying about this movie. Like, I'm watching this movie and it's like, oh my God, it's the it's the no self respecting Southerner cooks and cooks is instant grits. Like, what? All in the same movie? Are you kidding me? Like, this is so exciting. Mike, this yeah. movie was so fun. But he was such a bad lawyer, and then they send him to the other trial, and then he was also terrible there. And then when he started to have the heart attack, I was like, is this guy going to die? Am, am I supposed to care? And he did, and I was, and I didn't care. Hey, man, he got, the Rangers to, he got the Rangers to Alaska, and he was able to recant his testimony to, to free Vinny's cousin as well. Like, I mean, just not. it's great to see him in a courtroom again, frankly. It was. Uh, I'm glad he was just as competent as a witness as he was as a lawyer because he was horrible, absolutely horrible. They had no business winning that case against the NHLPA. No business then, at all. Because of his funeral, we get a scene with Russell Crowe and Burt Reynolds having a heart-to-heart in a graveyard where Burt Reynolds t- says, I need my captain on the ice. Mike, if I told yeah. you, if I just came yeah. out of nowhere and I was like, I got a movie <laughs> that's got Burt Reynolds and Russell Crowe in a you, graveyard. I'm all this other stuff. Delete in a, everything in else. In a graveyard <laughs> at night, and Burt Reynolds telling Russell Crowe, who has a great beard and great flow, that I need my captain on the ice. One's a coach, one's a player. Like, I mean, I'm probably like sight unseen. Uh, and, and someone comes to me with that and says, only gives me that scene. It's a sight unseen. How much would you pay to watch this movie? At least $50. I mean, yeah, that's that's promising until when you see Burr Reynolds as the coach, his big coaching prestige is cardio work. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to do wind sprints. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to we're going to get into what did work in, in that regard. <laughs> um, Mike, you know what else this movie has? This movie has a great damn locker room speech from Russell Crowe like good. a year before it's he's good. Maximus. And you yeah, can yeah, tell yeah. it's like when he like this is a speech from an Oscar winner. This is. Russell Crowe, there are certain actors who can just get to a different level. And frankly, in sport, and a lot of time in sports movies, you don't, we don't always have those folks. But like we have Kurt Russell and Miracle. That's, you know, we go back to that speech. But this one, like Russell Crowe, you know, doing the, you know, I'm not tired, rallying the whole team around. That is a legit, great sports movie speech. And then only the first guy. What are you talking about? I'm talking about we're beaten. We're not beaten. I'm not beaten. We're in this game! Anybody here tired? No. 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 Anybody fucking tired? No, sonny. Not tired. Holt? I'm just warming up, Sheriff. Connor? I'm ready, John. Bertie, you with us? Yep. Good. Because the Rangers are starting to breathe through their mouths. The strides are getting shorter. Do not give these guys too much respect. They didn't pull a dog sled, did they? No, John. No, no. Didn't skate the river, did they? No, no. No. Forget about that fucking circus out there. That's still black ice. This is our pond. You're goddamn right. That's right. Phoebe's right. We got to take it to these guys. Yeah. Take That's it to them, guys. 110%, guys. Let's, 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 Let's take it. Heads up. Don't come in. Let's take it. 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 Let's take
immediately following the weirdest coaching thing of star coach Burt Reynolds after the second period goes, ah, let's just give up, right? So I was going <laughs> to ask you, was that a motivational tactic? Did he, was he doing that? No. Because it because wasn't, he, it wasn't completely like clear. He didn't smirk afterwards. So uh, I don't think it was a motivational tactic. I know he did say like, thanks for the assist, but if he did it on purpose, he would have said something like, ah, teed you up on that one. Like it was not neck. He was not playing four dimensional chess. This is what people do when something happens in Harry Potter that JK Rowling did not intend. And everyone's like, ah, four dimensional chess. It's like, no, you're just better at reading into something than what's written there. <laughs> you have actually drawn lines that were not connected. I don't think it was next level chess. I'm so perplexed by Burt Reynolds being a good coach because I don't see what he does at all, except for like, tell them how to substitute better i don't know man he pulls I mean, the goalie at the right he's time burt reynolds what do you i mean he, he just he just is burt reynolds I, it's the same I thing in longest yard better. he doesn't really do anything but he's <laughs> he's burt reynolds man i did i did write down at one point i was like huh we can't convince burt reynolds to be a part of our underdog based sporting event where have i seen this before <laughs> listen man burt reynolds is there for one thing to be handsome and to get a paycheck <laughs> And he accomplished yep. both check, of those things, check. and it was very, very effective. Uh, the last um, scene I want to mention is a third period, just because every sports movie needs to have a scene where part of the game was taking place during the day, and then the last part <laughs> of the game is taking place at night. That is extremely effective. You get my money every single time you do that. Yeah, at sunset real quick during the uh, five-minute halftime or two-thirds time speech, that sun dropped promptly out of the sky. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's Alaska in December, man. That's Maybe that's it, how yeah. they're they're getting they're getting realistic with it. Yep, yep, yep. So you said that that first game is your favorite scene. Yeah, and I think it's a testament to this movie that I think you only picked four scenes when I'm pretty sure for Whiplash we had 87 scenes. I think we just recapped the entirety of the film as the best scene. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't want to go too far out of left field, but this movie at certain certain parts of this movie are more fun to watch than certain parts of Whiplash. Well, Whiplash like is inherently not fun, but is in per, but is exact is great. Like it's this I don't know, fair. man. It's like when you're playing a video game on expert mode. You're like, this isn't fun, but I have to do this. This is fair. This is fair. <laughs> um, I am gonna go with the the speech. The first scene, the first okay. scene itself is probably that first game is probably the best scene. It's really well done. It's got great hockey. Hockey is good for like ASMR too, like the sounds Ooh. of the skates, mm-hmm, the passing. Mm-hmm the the narration with the SI article coming that in is the little really, pathway thing is yeah, super cool that's a really really good scene the speech is is awesome like i mm. was and that's and that's when i knew that i was in on this movie because if me personally if i had not been in on this team in some some way if i had not been kind of bought in i i wouldn't have really cared but I don't know if I'm in on this movie because I was in on the like in on the team or if I was in on the speech just because it was Russell Crowe. But I, I really like the speech. That one, I don't think you can play it in Jumbotrons and arenas. I don't believe that. Uh, There's too many expletives. To yeah, too many expletives. But I'm a huge fan. I, I, I think it was a really good sports movie speech. Like how like how many pump up speeches do you get from best best actor winners? There's there's yeah. not many. Not it's many. good, and I think it's a believable speech because I think sometimes in sports and movies you'll have, I guess when the coach does it, it makes sense, but if a player has this thing where it sounds like Shakespeare wrote it, it doesn't make sense. Basically, the entire premise of Russell West or Russell Westbrook's speech, the entire premise of Russell Crowe's speech is just, I don't give a fuck, let's beat these guys. And I'm like, yeah, that's believable from this character. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's I just because it's Crowe, because I could not care less about everyone else on this team because I don't care about 
skank. I don't care about uh, like I I think the people of the team I liked the most are the people we didn't hear about at all because I thought maybe they'd be cool. Like the Inuit brothers or, or at least because they have like a last name and then first initial so I'm assuming they're brothers or at least they share a last name. I was like I want to learn more about these guys. Like I I was more intrigued by all the people we didn't see into because all the characters we learned about are horrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. I mean, Skank, Skank is yeah, Skank is not a good dude. Um, I like I like Tree. I like Tree though. I did like Tree, but again, we didn't really learn much about Tree outside of the hockey field. Everything on the ice, he like we only learn about Tree on the ice, and I think that's why he's a good character. That's that's a good point. Let's take a quick ad break. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So best quote for this one. Um, I have a few. Uh, right. as, as there are in sports comedies, usually there's, there's a couple things that, that make you laugh. Um, I also like the general, I guess, Alaskanness or, you know, somewhat Canadianness of everyone. The, the, just the line, God's sakes by many, many people say God's <laughs> sakes. And I, I love that. I find that amusing. Um, I think the most impactful line besides what, uh, what Burt Reynolds says in the courtroom is the, the conversations after the John has been cut from the team. And he says every, or in his wife, Donna says every ex player turned coach uh, says they all prefer coaching. Why would they say that? And he says, because they can't play. And that shit cut me deep because mm-hmm. when I finished up playing college baseball, I went, I started coaching like kids, like 11 and 12 year olds. And I would go and I'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm really enjoying it. But like, it's not nearly as fun. Some people love coaching, but like that, that was a, they, I, they did a really good job with crow. Like, yeah, they, they, the writing around Crow's character and stuff, there, there's some, some differences they could have made. Um, they could have frankly given that character a little more attention than he already got, but like just straight up develop that. But the, the stuff with Crow was good. So that, that is my favorite line. Yeah. The quotes that I had were just, I just said like the, the speech from Crow, the post courtroom speech. And then my joke one, I've already talked about our dignity and our illusions, which is horrible. But the other one I loved, uh, I, I did not laugh at this movie genuinely once. Like nothing, no joke made me laugh, but I did laugh at the line where, where Hank Azaria in all sincerity says, don't you wish you lived in a town that had a museum? And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck kind of like, what standard is that of like, ah, oh, yes, come visit New York city. We have museums. Like, yes, I know people go to museums, but like, it is not the reason of like oh i can't live in this town there's no museum like what a wild thing for this person to say that's like 17th on the list 
Right, and especially to the, this person, Mary McCormick's character does not care about museums. She talks about like, oh, I, you know, peeked over the snowbank and wondered what's out there. I don't think you're like, oh, bright lights in the big city of museums. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah, like she wants to go see Hamilton. Like she's not, she doesn't care about like the museums. That's no. that's what she would be wanting to to get out of Mystery Alaska to go see. Right. Yeah, I think the best quote. I think the post courtroom scene from Burt Reynolds is my pick. It was close between that and the and the speech during the hockey game. I gave the edge to the courtroom thing because I liked, like you talked about earlier, I liked that it made a commentary that isn't very common in sports movies of athletes can get away with stuff. I thought that was nice. It just felt a little out of place because it, it felt like that wasn't developed. And I honestly thought that could have been more developed than some of the other stuff they decided to do, like Stevie Weeks' sexual problems. So, uh... Yeah, I, I I liked it. I just, I, I almost feel like this movie had two different writing staffs and they told one staff to write the comedy and they t- had one staff write all the lines for the good actors and uh, it didn't mesh very well. A little bit of a nuts and gum here in the script. We often talk about on this podcast movies that, that have like good bones, like a house, you know, it's got a good frame. It just didn't, just didn't come together. Like this one has, this is like a house that some, some of the parts in this house are incredible. Like they look great. And then it's like, oh, we've, we forgot to put a kitchen in here. Like we just, we just didn't do it. So that, that's the thing. Like it it just, it's, it's like a, it's like a very toolsy prospect and you just Uh don't know if it's going to put it together. It might not have, but it like that, that guy every now and then he'll like, he'll hit a 500 foot home run or he'll like rob, you know, rob a ball of the fence. It's like, no one else can do that. And like Mm -hmm. how many sports movies have a cast like this or have this setting. And and it's such a unique thing that you don't see too often in these sports movies. Like even, even there's no other hockey movie like it. Um, they're all, you know, they're all focused on, frankly, they're all focused on like organized game, at least, at least right. most of the, most of the main ones. And it's, you know, it's got, it's, this had all the potential in the world and I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a, a lot of the things that hit, but yes, we're, we're getting, we're getting close to the, what didn't work section. Yeah. I felt like this movie was a pizza with a bunch of toppings on it and some of the toppings had gone bad so you take a bite and you're like ooh the cheese is good and that's Russell Crowe and then you take a bite and you're like oh this pepperoni is spoiled it's like oh that was 10 minutes about skank cheating on uh, skank ha- having an affair with the the mayor's wife or whatever it's like oh now I got a bite of uh, some really nice caramelized onions that was another Russell Crowe Mary McCormick scene and it's just like as it kept going and then finally the crust was great because the last 20 minutes of the movie are just hockey and it was awesome but yeah, yeah some of the toppings I think had gone a bit rancid but they were still on the pizza yeah so getting into the the most realistic the least realistic i enlisted a hockey guy i had to get some Thank had to get you. some good, insight good. my my guy connell mcneilis he's a patron he's also he's a hockey coach he this he's been telling me about this movie forever so he he sent me over so just some of the nitty-gritty hockey details he said crow his skating sucks, but he nails the small-town Canadian vibe. Reminds me of so many older men's league guys who just hack the shit out of you with their stick. Which, like, can I can see that. I can see, because, I mean, even they even say in that in that article, they talk about him being a little slower on his feet and stuff like that. Um, he said Weeks, the character of Weeks, best hockey player by far in the film. Alberta guy who actually grew up playing hockey, and you can tell skating slash puck handling is legit. I always, mm-hmm. I always say cast, cast athletes, not actors. 
He said uh, Tinker Connolly, the, the character Tinker Connolly, background character on team, but very clearly the next best player on the team from a skill perspective. Says, and then with the film as a whole, he says a lot of good enough players, though, to make the hockey really good. Actors who played Banks, Tree, Birdie, Winnetka Brothers all had good hockey backgrounds, and you can really tell. They know what they're doing with their skating, which is everything in a hockey film. He said Miracle perfected it, which Miracle did. Miracle got dudes who could skate. Every single one, like they got ex-college players, stuff like that. And I thought this movie did, did the same kind of thing just as hockey is a sport that it is tough to fit like it's tough to put in someone who you can't put in someone who didn't who isn't really familiar on skates and really familiar doing that stuff it's not like we can say oh you know we can make michael j fox shoot a basketball in team wolf even though he's terrible like anyone can do it not literally not anyone can do skating and do this stuff so this is a very hard hard sport to fake on film without Mm -hmm. getting actual people who know what they're doing yeah, I could tell Russell Crowe could ice skate, but could not hockey ice skate because anytime he was playing hockey, they never showed him doing anything. It was just zoom ins on his face. But then in the scene with Mary McCormick, where all he's doing is skating, they show it. So I think that was his bare minimum of I can skate, but I cannot do anything with a stick at the same time. Yeah, what I for what I had for what worked, I just said the hockey because it looked believable, at least to my not super honed hockey eye. It felt like everybody could handle themselves pretty well. And I think the movie definitely edited around it. Like, yes, you see weeks skate and do a lot of moves some of the other guys you don't see as much but the hockey all looked believable which was nice and uh i'm glad to hear that the hockey guy approved of it because sometimes i'll watch basketball movies and i think anyone who plays the sport can tell when someone is actually not doing it and i think that you can kind of see people faking it in any movie but this felt pretty legit at least from my perspective and i think that's why hockey guys like this movie and they like movies like miracle and stuff like that like that that comes through for me the most authentic part of this movie is town pride over a team and now we see the bad part of that in that court scene but i love you know like here in texas we have high school football this is much Mm -hmm. cooler this like local legendary saturday game like i've this this shit is so cool to me. And I, I, like I asked it. I asked Connell about this too. He said he, you know, towns have games and stuff like that, but this is something he hasn't really isn't really too common, I guess. But I love the the town pride over this team and I love the lore behind, you know, behind this team. But I just it's so realistic just a town just getting behind something. And that's a town getting behind their high school football team or, you know, you know, like my town is a is a cross country powerhouse and that's a big source of pride but that's that's a general thing that comes through it comes through bad in one scene but i i love you know i i love that aspect and it's a really realistic aspect yeah no i think it makes sense for sure the least realistic there's no way the rangers are going to play during the all-star break just absolutely no way way they're going to mystery alaska no, I had I had just I wrote the not hockey. Um, but what I really think didn't work is the, the I agree anything with the NHL and it's specifically like all of the NHL PA stuff. I get it was written at a time where it was a little less pro player in terms of the sentiment, but there is no way in that courtroom that the guy representing the NHLPA is that much of a dick in what should be a completely open and shut case. Like that is such an easy case to win where you gave us 30 days. You're doing it during our time off. This isn't during the preseason. You've done this during the year, like easiest case to win ever. And what does he decide to do? Just trash talk everyone and just say stuff that is completely unnecessary. Like you could walk into that case and win it. And he he just is a jerk the whole time for no reason. I can understand the Price World guy being a jerk. I can even understand Price World's lawyers being a jerks, being a jerk. But the NHLPA's dude, 
in a case that he really wants to win, deciding to just dunk on the town made no sense to me at all. Yeah, they needed Cousin Vinny is who they needed. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been the move. Um, so what worked about this one? I, I'm gonna needle you on this because we're gonna we're gonna find some we're gonna come to a it's a common ground. You're not gonna hate this one as much as you did coming into it. Um, I mean, we talk about Crow. We we talked about Crow. We talked about this movie, the casting job on this movie. Again, like Jay Roach is coming off Austin Powers. Um, you're not like you probably can't cast Crow for this movie even a year and a half later. Like once the insider right. comes out, he's not doing stuff yep. like this. You're fortunate to get Burt Reynolds, who like you know taking all those paychecks, but he's still Burt Reynolds. You get you know you get all these guys like, but the the character of Crow I think is done. Crow's character is done so well. Um, it's, it's important when you see him shake Stevie Weeks's hand when he takes his, when he takes his job. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a big like character development stuff. You can tell he's the, you know, the, the guy, all these people look to, it's probably important that he's the sheriff, that he's got this, you know, reputable job around town, stuff like that. Um, you know, the first line of a movie being a child saying, fuck me, I'm all for that. Uh, kids swearing I, is hilarious. I see. I'm promptly on kids swearing is lazy writing. Like, oh, the, the I'm all for many it. many jokes in this movie are Alaskan who kids is, swearing. It's different. Uh, I just felt like a lot of jokes in this movie were person who is not supposed to swear swears. Like child swears, old lady swears. I was like, mm, didn't like that. There Did were, you recognize I, the old lady? The old lady in the meeting? I've, I I've got her no, down no, no. in the Lenny Harris section, but that is the my fingers hurt woman from Happy Gilmore. Wow! Yeah. Wow! I I think I pegged her a, right away. I will say there's a lot of potential characters for Lenny Harris, and maybe we should just get into that because what I had for what worked is like side characters, like Little Richard works. That's okay. That's I have that in all caps. <laughs> Little Richard, are you kidding me? I have eight question marks next to Little Richard in all caps in my notes. <laughs> Who do you what think a like pleasant surprise? Who do you think I paid more, Little Richard or Burt Reynolds? Obviously, Burt Reynolds' job was more, <laughs> yeah. but like Little Richard is probably the harder get. I bet Little Richard got paid more than every other hockey player, no question, no, for being yeah. in the movie for five minutes max. He was he might phenomenal. Be the, he might be like we're we're not looking any of this up, but I'm thinking salary wise in this movie is probably Crow, Burt Reynolds. I would think that Little Richard got more than Hank Azaria. Maybe, but Hank Zary still doing was doing Simpsons, and I would have to look at the timeline to see if Mary McCormick was on the West Wing yet or not. I don't think yeah. she was. I, I, I don't think, think she, she got was. in early two thousand. So yeah. they might have gotten her on a great rookie contract. But yeah, I mean, the little Richard thing is great, and that's the thing is like all the hockey stuff is so fun. Once the game starts, it's so fun. The trick that they do where he sings along, that's really fun. All the sports stuff is great. Give me less scenes about the fucking mayor. I don't care about the mayor or yeah. the committee of two other white dudes. Yeah, you know what else works like sports stuff wise? Sports Illustrated being a huge deal. The fact yep, that like yep, this yep. article comes out like that's that's a special kind of time capsule to that period of like you can feasibly think that everyone in America got that sports illustrated. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like it, like it was back in the day. Like, let's read it. It's not the news story. You know, the psych, this news story wouldn't be gone in, in 18 hours or something like that. Like we wouldn't, mm -hmm. we wouldn't see the E60 clip and never think about it again. Like this would be yeah. a thing we have in our house. We're reading it for a week and a half. We're constantly looking at it. Um, I love that little snapshot into like, Hey, the sports illustrated is coming out. We're in sports illustrated. We're going to be on the cover of sports illustrated. How big a deal that was. Yeah. I thought it was very good. Um, 
the the last thing that really works that I want to mention, we kind of talked about it, but Alaska, and when I say Alaska, we're going air quotes because Canada, just impossibly mm-hmm. scenic. Like I want to yeah. mention it again, just in just incredible, like a perfect setting for us. I don't know how many more sports movies you could put in Alaska, but it's just like, or, it, you know, filming in Canada and towns like that. But I am here for everything that is in that setting. Yeah, it was very pretty. I also have one more thing here that I really enjoyed. It was during the hockey game. The newspaper bit while the other team is coming on. My high school used to do that, and I thought it was very good to see that it came into this movie as well. I think that's a top-tier home field advantage bit. It's a great, great bit. And it took me by surprise, even when he's giving out the, and it took me by surprise, even when he's giving out the newspapers, I was like, what are they, what are they giving the newspapers out for? And then they did it. I was like, of course. I even, I kind of want to pile on to just the the hockey action and like how good it is and how enjoyable the hockey scenes are in this movie. Oh yeah. And and that first scene you're talking about, like even, it, I, I really don't think this is hyperbole to say that that first hockey scene is one of the, one of the better non big game moments like big game sports games in sports movie history like because yeah. we all have you know like the the big game at the end at this one is the you know is the game against um is the game against the rangers and like in every you know major league the the big game at the end is against the yankees but there's all those little side games you know the rick vaughn's first game and stuff like that and all sports movies kind of have those we have our few you know little little smidgens of sport and then we have our big game at the end it's kind of the formula that is one of the best, like best first games, best early games in, in a movie. It is it is so beautifully well done. Again, like this move, this is great bones. Like that 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 is like a immaculate master bedroom in in this house that doesn't have a kitchen. <laughs> it was good. It was a good scene for sure. I've been watching a lot of HGTV. I think. <laughs> um, I mean, also the the Barry Melrose cameo we we talked about. That's mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. obviously great stuff. Uh, the the concept in general, like I love again, great bones. I, this is a mm-hmm. great concept for a movie. Okay, what didn't work? I've got. A, I mean, a lot. I mean, the homophobia, the fat phobia, the misogyny, all right off the bat. The yeah, whole, I mean, that's that's stuff. That's stuff that like that that's a that's like the entire year of 1999 like yeah. that stuff it that's the stuff that in 2021 is the automatic wipeout the stuff like the uneven romantic subplots and uneven is generous the the mm-hmm. stuff that just didn't work that we didn't need to see we don't need to see about weeks and the sister weeks mm-hmm. can just be the the meekish young guy we right. don't we don't need their sex subplot we don't need the premature ejaculation we don't need you know, her crying to her mom that we, we don't need that stuff. No. Um, the, we could do the love triangle. We could, we could do John a little insecure about Charlie coming back into town. We could do, you know, the, the classic, like they're, they're trying to figure things out. They've been in this, they've been together since high school. They're, they've been married. They've been in this town a long time. John's transitioning to a new part of his life. That's, that's something, that's something we could flesh out the adultery thing. You can do a, adultery is a thing that happens in this world. You can do that in a certain way, but not the gross player who's sleeping with everyone. Right. And we're we don't totally hate the mayor, but then they're kind of working out, and then Skank shows up at the house. Like that's not that's a weird subplot. It's, yeah, it's fumbled. It's clumsy. Skank's speech does nothing. The wife's explanation is, "Oh, you don't touch me enough." It's like so you just get to cheat on your husband. Like that doesn't make any sense. Then they're like perfectly fine the next scene like that whole thing was wild also skank just like leaves his necklace at the floor of the bed on the husband's side of the bed like everything about it was 
ridiculous and completely unnecessary and achieved nothing and it didn't make me like any of those characters more it made me dislike them all maybe the i felt bad for the mayor but like not that much i don't know it was weird the, the i just i don't know all the like sex stuff every sex related plot was horrible and i obviously the fat phobia is horrible i did not like that they called her a walrus and then she's i like that she got to be i I, like that she got to beat the shit out of him though that was good yes the fact that she got to beat him up was cool but also like she was a fine like yeah great perfectly shape i don't understand like maybe this is 1999 because they're like i remember that was all thing where like bridget jones's diary they're like look how big renee zellberger got it's like what it's just i mean the the year 1999 gave us american pie the year 1999 did not handle sex on film very well right the the problem with all these like you you know you could have done something with with our main our main married couple but I think that time would have been better served and we can kind of mold this into how we'd improve it. Cause mm-hmm. again, this, this is great bones. I think this could have been a, a great, great movie. I think I would have liked to have seen instead of seeing them weeks blown as load in a condom, mm-hmm. I would have rather seen some interactions about the town, how much this means yeah. to the town, the players yeah. in the town, the players at their jobs, like these players as normal dudes, flesh out those guys a little bit more. Let's give them a little more. To, let's give Birdie a little more to work with than just sparring with Burt Reynolds and the, the whole, you mm-hmm. didn't like me, you know, that sort of thing. Let's see yeah. what this team means around town other than just this meeting. Cause we, that would, you know, clearing out the romantic stuff that gives us a lot of space to work with. It gives us more hockey and it gives us the chance to see what this team means to the town, which is what this movie is really, really about. That's what we care about. Right. And I think you got to reduce some of these side characters that we learn about, because even when you do flesh some of them out, it's not done in a way where I like them more. The grits guy from my cousin Vinny, he's a bad lawyer. And then at one point in the courtroom, he says that he's unintelligent because he's overweight, which is a weird and everyone laughs which is very weird. And then also in Russell Crowe's eulogy speech at the dude's funeral, he tries to be sentimental about the guy being big saying like, Oh, he was so overweight because he had too much love in his heart for people and his body couldn't handle it. It's, it is the, it is the writing is bizarre. So I think you just got to cut out all these side characters and just like, like you said, it's got good bones. There are things we need to learn more about. And I think you can, I, I guess by trying to flesh out the characters, they want us to care more about like the town and the team, but it should all just be about the hockey. I do not care about the relationship problems of the people. I do not care about like the family dynamics, like just do everything about how it relates to the team and this game and what the team means to the town and vice versa. I don't care about these characters as people enough because they're not compelling. And I, I just want to know more about the, the reason people are wanting to watch this movie, which is the hockey game. So mm-hmm. just make it about that. Which goes into what didn't work about the hockey plot. And this is the same problem I talked about a couple weeks ago in Little Giants. I'm going to call this the Little mm-hmm. Giants problem. We don't get enough of prep to see why they could beat this team. It's the same thing with Little Giants. Mm-hmm. We don't really see why the Little Giants could beat the Cowboys. There's nothing to suggest that they could beat the Cowboys going into that game, and they do. The Cowboys should have beat them 160 to nothing. This team is... This game, we need more than one montage of what Burt Reynolds is doing, which is mainly just cardio. But we need we need a few like a few strategy discussions um, because the main advantage they, the the announcers talk about oh the, this ice is bigger it might be an equalizer but we need this to be played 
more similar to the pond hockey game. We need some things telling us what is different in this strategy besides just the ice is bigger. We we need the team to have this plan going in because it's like they scored two goals right away, and it's like, how? We need some yep. insight to the Rangers as well. We need to see it. I mean, so the, the thing with the game of the Miracle on Ice, there was a great documentary about the Soviet team, and those guys didn't give a fuck about that game. They were super pissed at the coach. This was not a big. It, it was not a big deal to them. It's not seen as anything in in the Soviet Union for those guys. It's just like it's just another game. It was huge for us because it meant everything. The the game. This game is kind of like that. We needed a little bit of insight. Obviously, the Rangers didn't want to come, but these they're so they're such faceless kind of bad guys, and that we needed to see a little more from them. Maybe even one scene. They're at a local like. They they get they get in and they go to the local bar and they're just drinking and everyone's right, like they're yeah. just drinking and they're like yeah we don't give a fuck like we're gonna win by eleven goals we need to see some overconfidence and we need to see a little more strategy and a little more of what Burt Reynolds is bringing to that team other than that sweet silver beard yeah I I agree that you needed more of the motivations because right I felt like when the game was about to start I was like no way we have not seen the the team play enough hockey to to think that they are in any realm of being able to compete with the Rangers and then yeah we didn't see enough from the Rangers to see why they didn't perform well I guess like the only thing we have to be is like they're really cold I guess so they're not going to be able to like that's it like that's why they give up the the two goals early on is they're cold and now that they're going to the locker room and they're warm they score more yeah I felt like it was whack okay so the other stuff that doesn't work we've talked about the the problem with the the star player getting off um the anti-player sentiment with the rangers and then really the romantic stuff i mean i feel like if you if you smooth this one out if you say okay we're going to subtract all the stuff that just wouldn't fly in 2021 uh, which you any movie in 1999, you probably gotta you know you gotta bust some things out. You gotta bring mm-hmm. out the sander a little bit. Gotta you know gotta gotta shave some things off. We get rid of most of the romantic stuff and we pour a little bit more into the hockey into these guys. I think I think we're good. Is there anything else that the glaring that we haven't talked about that didn't work? Uh, Doug's toupee, the broadcaster Doug, pretty rough toupee situation. Just just let it go, man. I mean we that that also it. might that also might be the 90s. I think I mean. <laughs> That's the that I think that's the one thing that not the one thing but it, it's better about now is that I I feel like guys are trying to hold on to that that top that that top situation a lit like a little less these days mm-hmm. I think it's like you know like I've already committed myself like when it starts going I'm just gonna mm-hmm. let it go it's not gonna be great because I can't grow a beard it's gonna be a really tough look for me but I think I think now we as a as a male species are just are a little less desperate to to keep to keep it up top if i start to recede i'm going to go full stanley tucci and just pray i get anywhere in that man's realm anywhere in that vicinity tucci is a fucking king <laughs> a fucking king tucci's so in my top 5 of sports movies god tucci's in my top 5 of i don't care what the movie is and what he's cast as i will watch it he's Did in you that watch upper his, echelon his series about like touring italy Oh yeah, you best believe my parents and I have watched a DVR episode of that every night. I've been home for Thanksgiving, and it is just, a delight. <laughs> just I'm, I mean, every day I wake up and it's like, should I turn? Is this the day I turn the podcast into just a Stanley Tucci appreciation? <laughs> Might be ne- it. That, that's what we'll have to do. Ne- our next episode where you have me on, let's find the most sportsish movie Stanley Tucci is in. <laughs> yeah, or or let's just do the Devil Wears Prada. I mean, I'm hey whatever, God, whatever. good movie, good whatever movie, works. whatever works. Lenny Harris pinch hit award for best supporting character. This is this is a banger. I'm I'm saying everyone I'm saying everyone except Crow is eligible. Okay, and and Reynolds and Reynolds because that would be the obvious pick. We've got I'm just list 
Uh, Betty Lind is Mirabelle, who is the the my fingers hurt lady from Happy Gilmore. Gotcha. She has one scene on a fucking heater in, in the town <laughs> meeting. Uh, Mary McCormick is Donna. Uh, Maury Chaikin is Bailey, the the bad lawyer who we're he's I'm only listing him. He's it's great to see him in a courtroom again. He's mm-hmm. he's grits guy. Uh, Mike Myers getting super fucking Canadian as the the Don Cherry ripoff. Kevin Durand is Tree Lane, probably the most likable guy on the team. Scott Grimes is Bertie Burns. I love Band of Brothers. It's a perfect, perfect series. Uh, Cole Meany, I'm, I'm sure I'm getting that wrong, but he's, he's the mayor. He's in a ton of stuff. But I mean, this list, this is a laundry list of, of people in this movie. There's so many. The two that I actually had for my top contention you did not name, or I guess we mentioned earlier, but Little Richard is up there oh, for number yeah. one, <laughs> as is who plays Janice, the person who just cannot handle the weather at all, where oh, she just comes is... in and says, oh, my nose froze. I loved Janice until she decided to sleep with Skank at the end of the movie. Then I lost all respect for Janice. Um, but I thought Janice was a fun character to have as the snooty, like, oh, I can't handle the the elements character and she looks so familiar she had to have been in something else and i was just kicking myself and i was furious that i wasn't watching this on one of those services that like when you pause it they say this person's also in this so that is that is beth littleford who is she is uh you know we have like the thing like the that guy she's a that woman at this point she was on the daily show okay um she's in she's in crazy stupid love she she is uh the husband or she she's the wife of the guy who she she is the mom of the babysitter who sends Steve Carell nudes and and crazy stupid love. Um, she's in you know she, she's had a quality career. She did she did a lot of TV. She's done the Daily Show. Um, she's done an episode of The West Wing, which you love. I love. Uh-huh. Uh, she did she did a stint on Spin City. Um, she's done you know work on Family Guy. She's been a lot of stuff. She's probably yeah. uh, what I say in situations like this is I hope she lives in a nice house. Yep. <laughs> so I think for me, it would be between her and Little Richard. Little Richard, I think, wins it for me. He is just so ridiculously unexpected because they say we've got the big person, the big celebrity, and they kind of underplay it. They kind of underplay it, too. They say, oh, we'll just get some big celebrity to sing the national anthem. And then they show the mayor outside the bus, and it says Little Richard. And I audibly said no way <laughs> yeah i thought this. when they did that i was like oh here comes someone who was only famous in the 90s like famous right. at that at that time like here like here comes jewel jewel is still famous mm. but it's not like like yeah. here you know here comes totally. that and yeah. it's like oh that's one of the most iconic performers in rock and roll history and they got him in mystery alaska given this movie i was expecting little Richard to not actually be little Richard, but like a short person named Richard. And it was going to be like a Danny DeVito. Like, yeah, I'm little Richard. Like I thought it was going to be a bad joke. And when it was actually little Richard, I was so delighted. And then further, not only is he in the movie, but he basically plays on the team because the mayor just says, Hey, can you do this thing where you sing really, really long and he does it. And then you actually get to see little Richard do it. And I was, I get why they cut it. I would have. I want to watch the director's cut where you see him sing the whole national anthem because I would have listened to the whole. That would have been so funny. Like they only do like thirty seconds of it. Give me the full five minute Little Richard national anthem because I thought it was so good. It just made it such a fun appearance, such an unexpected appearance, and uh, I think I think the choice is clear. Let's give it to Little Richard. Let's go. Let's, let's give it to Little Richard. Okay, the big chill. So for a movie that you consider the, the, the low bench warmer. A back of the yeah. bench warmer, I consider an all star. This has a great 
Big Chill. That's speech, man. That he's we're it's in this good. game. That anybody fucking tired. This is our pawn. Like, I mean, again, Crow's in a different movie. Crow's pre- he's yes, practicing he to be Maximus. <laughs> this is this is just this. He's in AAA. He's getting ready to go win that Oscar. Um, I mean, more. We need more elite actors in bullshit movies. Like that's yeah. that's that's what I need. I also love right before that when Birdie his hand is like all messed up and he's just like and he's just like tape it. I'm not playing. And Reynolds looks and he goes tape it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Bert's Bert's bought in. Like he's he's tough coach. And then he goes to to uh, to Crow and says like we're you know we got to quit or whatever like right. that. So that that's kind of interesting. But that's that's a very good big chill moment. Yeah, I think. It would either be the speech or honestly the intro. The intro got me so hyped and the way it's shot, even you could include the intro thing while the credits are rolling where it's just zoom ins on that guy skating through the town and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, the sounds of hockey, I think are really nice and just the skates and the puck and the stick and all, all of the noises are, are very cool and, you know, chilling in the, in the literal ice cold sense. But yeah, I, I thought the intro, it's a shame. That intro sets up what I thought was going to be a really cool movie, and then there's just not as much hockey as I was anticipating there to be, and there should have been more. But uh, yeah, I think it's either it's either the speech or the the intro for me. Because the, the thing in the final game, like, I get, like, the game's important, but, like, the whole time I'm like, this game doesn't matter. Like, as long as the game is close, it's fine. Like, all is, all they had to do is not lose by three or more. So when you have the final thing where he shoots it and it goes off the puck, I was like, eh. And then the slow clap, that was what I also found unbelievable. It's like the crowd is just silent for 30 seconds until Burt Reynolds awkwardly slow cap, slow claps and then everyone joins in. I, I mean, like, once eh. once Hoosiers once Hoosiers brought you know, exactly. the slow clap in, you, you had to get, again, the 90s, we were just ripping off everything. This mm-hmm. movie you mentioned when we started. This is a movie that your dad had on. The dad said he had it on the background a lot when you're growing up. Mm-hmm. This is a great background movie because you don't. There's stuff that you can you can feasibly skip. You can do stuff, but it's like okay, mystery Alaska's coming on. Got to watch the beginning. Got to watch that scene. Got to tune in for a couple parts. We got to watch. You know, want to watch the town hall thing. Want to watch. You know, a, a few other parts. Big game's on. We're going to watch the big game. It's, you know, it doesn't matter, but it's fun. It's great action. Like, we're going to watch that. It's a really good background movie. I think that, I think what makes it not a good background movie for me is, like, you have to be aware of who else is in the house because there's too many sex scenes or scenes where, like, the joke is just that the person is cursing a lot. And obviously, if it's on TV, they'll, like, just cut that stuff out. But if you were gonna pop in the DVD or pull it up on a streaming service, yeah, it's, it could it's not, not fly. a good. It's not a good throw it on movie. Like no. you're you're making the intention, but like if it's on TNT or something, I don't think I've ever seen this on TNT. But it, it would be a good one. Um, before more restore, since we kind of already did how to improve it, I would take a remake of this one. But if you're going to remake it and and do a lot of the improvements, the one thing that you have to bring is it has to be you have to get a cast that looks similar to this and that's the one thing that i don't i in 2021 i don't think you can like drum up a future oscar winner unless you get insanely lucky because like russell crowe had already done la confidential in this like he he had some bona fides and i don't I, i don't know if you could pull together a cast like this unless like you land on a bunch of character actors who need need work like you can you can put together the good character actors but to get an old legend and a guy who is entering his prime and not just a complete unknown that you get lucky on, that's going to be tough in a movie like this. 
I think the only way you could do it is like we just said with Stanley Tucci. You got to get someone who's never done a sports movie and say, this will be your sports movie. And you get then Stanley Tucci. You get Tucci <laughs> to be Burt Reynolds. Like, I would be down for it. Oh, yeah. That'd be fucking cool. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Stanley Tucci, sign me up. So, yeah, be... I, th- I think you remake it. I think you do all the things that we said about cutting out the, the yikes stuff. I think, honestly, weirdly, the movie is uh, very good about Native American like it's very brief but the representation they do where they clarify they don't call them indians they call them native americans and then they even further clarify like calling them eskimos is not correct it's not what we do they like really play up how shitty that is that espn whoever like i voted sports broadcast company or whatever yeah uh that sbc is, is doing that they play up that that is bad they they mention the inuit terminology being the more accurate way to refer to these folks having a diverse group of people on the team i think like you can play that angle up more and then i think like you said that's another way for us to care more about the town is if you like actually get into the alaska of it all because we don't actually learn that much about like it being alaskan except for like it's cold and we get mad at people when they move uh so i feel like if you play in more to the town you play in more to the region you play in more to the culture and then you flesh out the characters more we don't learn as much about these side characters the team is just about the team but we see the team play more hockey i think that's what you do like you just you kind of just make this movie more hoosiersy where like their hoosiers is pretty much all basketball and we still get stuff with like jimmy and and his family situation and all that you do it like that where it's like 75 percent hockey 25 percent other stuff but that other stuff always relates to the hockey like Anytime we flesh out Russell Crowe's being upset at being kicked off the team and stuff, that still relates to the team. Or you can still have Mary McCormick's whole thing where it's like, I sacrificed my life for you. Like, you can do that. But if we flesh out Crowe's character more, like, her whole speech there makes sense. And then we don't have Russell Crowe, like, scribbling out lines in a book to get her back. Like, that Dear Abby thing was whack. So I feel like... Get out some of the riffraff, focus on what's cool, focus on the town, give us more about the Alaska of it all, remake it, it'll be good. Yeah. You know who's been taking paychecks lately? Russell Crowe. Oh, so. no. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he's still he's still doing some good stuff, but like Russell Crowe, he might not say no. If you you back up you back up the Brings truck for him. Oh, like, here's what you do: you you remake this movie, and then you do the same thing that they did for Burt Reynolds in Longest Yard, where Russell Crowe is now Burt Reynolds' character, <laughs> and you just do it exactly like that. I would be I would be all all in. Mike Schubert, this was this was a great time as always. Always good to chop it up with you. Tell the folks again where they can follow you, where they can find all the stuff you got going on. Yes, if you want to find me on social media, I'm at shub17, S-C-H-U-B-E-S-1-7 on Twitter and Instagram. My website is S-C-H-U-B.E-S, where you can check out my podcasts, Potterless, Horse, The Newest Olympian, Modern Muckraker, and Meddling Adults. Kyle has been on some of those. Always a good time. He will probably be making a future appearance on Meddling Adults, which is going to be fun. See if you can get another W in the mix. But yeah, lots of fun I stuff. lost. Adam oh, you lost? Dang. No, because remember... We the last one I accidentally like I talked out kind of half of what I thought it was. I outwardly talked and then Adam ran with it and got it. And I, <laughs> I, I fucking screwed myself. But everyone meddling met, right. adults. You'll come back for revenge. You'll come back yeah. for revenge. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Everyone go check out that. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, rate, leave a review. You folks know the drill. If you want to vote on movies, suggest movies, pick the content of the show, patreon.com slash big screen sports, and we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.